Hello, listeners, and welcome to an episode of Edgeguard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Jordan. That's me. Today, we are here to talk about a game called Shell Song by Everest Pipkin. Uh, I guess game is sort of a, a loose... Uh, I mean, game is almost always a, a loose descriptor. What uh, is for... a game? Let's start with that. So uh-huh. a game is... In... No, I'm just kidding. So what we've uh, we've we've explored an interactive digital art object. Ah uh, yes, uh, I'm glad we're bringing that back. Uh huh. What, what's the, anac- the acronym? Interact ID AO the IDAO. Uh, IDAO. IDAO. Uh, <laughs> no, what we what we quote unquote played is Shell Song, which is basically sort of an interactive essay like multimedia yeah. essay i would probably multimedia essay or hypertext it. essay i guess hypertext doesn't capture that's the main mode of interaction it's 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 the, very like hypertext fi- fiction-esque yes uh but totally. non it's uh, a work E-lit. of non-fiction it's E-lit, uh, as we, we call it in the biz is that is that what the is that what the pros are calling it well there is an electronic literature organization i think it's goes by elit but E-lit. uh i but, thought elit was the particular type of high you got from uh, an e like a like a uh what are they a pax are those the little <laughs> vape things <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling sorry. i'm, I'm feeling so e-lit. sorry <laughs> uh-huh nice I'm e-lit. That's, that's how that's you know impressive. i didn't i didn't smoke real marijuana i smoked that <laughs> that popcorn lung vapor you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, anyway, none of this has anything to do with Shell Song, which is described by the author as an interactive narrative and audio game about data sets, bodies, ghosts, corporate voiceover software, and surveillance, which having Accurate. read that, having read that, I was like, well, that seems weird. And this is weird and is also nothing like what I thought it was going to be based on that. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think I actually I, think it's a great description because it evokes um, all the themes that are discussed, but it does not spoil any of the really great sort of na- yeah, narrative. It, and uh, I don't know what's the essay equivalent of narrative. I don't know the, the, the sort of like the, the punchlines the, of the, the yeah, sort of, the, ar- of the argument, sort of, um, the sort of insight uh and insights yeah and i guess ideas presented uh so I, w- I will just say really briefly if if that description sounds weird or interesting to you um you should go uh experience this yourself it's uh free uh and you can do it in a browser it takes about 30 40 minutes uh and it's a really really thought-provoking thing it's so super before thought-provoking. You, before you listen to our thoughts talking about it go make uh, your before own before you thoughts listen about to our it. thoughts that were provoked go have some provoked thoughts yeah. of your own go be provoked in your own right uh, yeah it is yes i i really found myself super intrigued at the the things this had to uh had to say and also very um like deeply researched uh yeah you know yeah, one extremely. of the one of the more researched games i think we've we've played for the podcast I might be wrong, but I believe the creator Everest Pipkin might be some sort of graduate student um, or something of that I sort. I don't know. I did not. Uh, maybe, maybe that's all just, I've, I've seen them retweeted in, you know, weird, uh, you know, academia video game circles. Oh yeah. I mean, they uh, seem quite like a bit. someone who could be a, um, 
they kind of have like an online portfolio. Oh, they have a CV. That sounds like something an academic would do. Yeah. Uh, they, yes, they, they have they, an M- if, MFA in studio art. So okay, okay. I yeah, was yeah. like, if they aren't an ap- academic, they're making a real convincing uh, show of it. <laughs> <laughs> they got that academic anyway, vibe. Yeah. How how this uh, how this experience actually plays out is basically uh there is a uh, voiceover reading text that displays on the screen and uh it'll sort of like uh the the text will sort of be displayed out while the while the voice is reading the mm-hmm. text and then uh one or two or three of the of the terms in the uh in the piece of text will be uh like blue like a hyperlink and then you mm-hmm. click on it to move to the next thing and as far as I can tell, it, this isn't like a twine game. At first, I thought it was like a twine game where clicking on different terms are taking you to different spots. I, I don't think that's the case here. I think so. Well, actually, I was curious. I had that same impression because it, every uh-huh. click felt very like often it was an extremely sort of natural, like linear continuity yeah. of the text. So I just sort of assumed it was, um, you know, there wasn't actually any pathing happening but i did test uh by replaying it and at least the very first option does take you to a different oh interesting uh, but but they were both of the two paths i got were texts that i recognized from playing it the first time so i think it's kind of subtly designed to um oh. you you will always take every path or almost every path uh the just order of a, a few of them might be um, oh interesting a little bit modular um but okay. uh but like so the big, very beginning it says something like um about fa- face blindness uh so it's sort of like um framed uh, at the start as kind of like a memoir um and sure. uh, the narrator opens by saying that they didn't realize they had face blindness till they were 19 or mm-hmm. something like that and one of them will take you to a definition of face blindness and the other one will take you further into the story so i think it will just uh Oh, then take you back into that same spot in the story. If you go down the face. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I went down the, the face or I know I went down the 19 year old, uh, path. I think I did the first time too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, it's interesting. Sad admission. I did not know face blindness was a real thing. I thought that it was just, (laughs) uh, a, a joke for that. Uh, I, I mean, maybe the, the only thing I can think of recently is my roommates have been watching through uh, Arrested Development again, that uh, terrible fourth season where there's a character who's like, I'm face blind. And so until playing this, <laughs> I thought that face blindness was, uh, was a, a gag, was a, a fictional, <laughs> yeah, a gag. And so I was like, wow, well, that is illuminating. And also <laughs> it sucks that real people, uh, you know, have to go through that and that this show is just like ha ha he can't tell what people look like isn't that ridiculous <laughs> yeah i i had known that it was real at some level i didn't um i still don't actually know that i have a great grasp of you know what it entails yeah. but um yeah i i i had known that there was that humans had varying degrees of ability to recognize faces on site ranging from uh-huh what I'm used to, to basically not able to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, face blindness is not like a huge part of this story. It sort of, uh, plays into, uh, the, the narrator's, uh, general, which I, I'm going to go ahead and assume, I don't know. I, maybe this is more of a question. The, the narrator is, uh, 
Everest P- uh, Pipkin? Is this is this uh, autobiographical to a certain extent, or how much of do, did you have my, the my sense was that it was um, that don't they mention grad school in it? Yeah, I mean, parts of it are seem very personal and like yes, this is so really definitely my life. It, ha- it definitely has true uh or true ish elements i mean i don't know enough about the author to say yeah me either how much it is and i do think that it would be very um thematically appropriate for it to interlace true and fictionalized bits of their life um yeah with without uh telling you very much or without flagging the the change Uh, i think that would be totally um, ap- appropriate for the the sort of story that's being told. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. If some parts of it are not true or like, you know, just tinkered with. That's, um, that's exactly what I was the feeling that I got. Uh, and it sort of plays into some, some techniques that are used that I'm sure we'll talk about to sort of, there's, there's a not quite, I wouldn't quite describe it as an unreliable narrator, but there's a certain level of, it seems to want to have you be a little bit uh, not guessing, but uncertain. Yeah, of the, it, it, it's of sort of the truth of everything. Yeah, exactly. It's not that it, it sort of is like the narrator feels distrustful because actually I think one of the things that it it or untrustworthy. Um, but one of the things that it, it does is actually I feel like the the narrative voice, both at the level of the things you're being told and just tonally. And that's something I want to talk more about feels very trustworthy. Um, sure. but then it, you know, it pulls the rug out from under you a couple times where, mm. um, I guess maybe we can, I, we've both been beating around the bush of the big reveal sure, sure. of this, uh, because, uh, it's so, uh, it really sneaks up on you, but the sort of big, um, reveal of what's going on here is that you are he- The voice you're hearing is not an actual recording. It is a, um, uh, a sort of algorithmically generated, um, uh, you know, speech. Um, well, so, so to be clear, it is, it is, there are, there is audio recording in there. There but, are some, but the bulk of the narration is generated, but then the other big well, revelation, so it's not, it's not, but that's there. That's an important distinction. It's not, it's not generated in the sense that it is like synthesized. It is a recordings of someone's voice run through an algorithm uh you know the the narrator's voice run through an algorithm to make it into a text to speech so like what you're hearing is still uh synthesized from well yeah yeah but it's it's like synthesized well yeah i mean in the sense of it's like training data right but the the actual like lines being spoken to you were not spoken by uh yes by everest um now yes you're right that the I don't actually have a very strong grasp of how the technology works, but I think for the most part, you know, individual words were recorded and then they're, or I, I guess it kind of explained that it's also like syllables are often recorded. And so it, I have it, a little bit of insight can, into this. It can kind of like, um, programmatically match syllables together. But, but the, the point is that the other thing is that, and it is a, uh, the, the voice you're hearing was trained was based on, training recordings from um everest themselves uh Mm. but they they didn't actually record it for the the thing so you're hearing someone generate their own voice basically yeah so it's interesting that you said this was like a big reveal because i almost i very early on was like this is not 
Well, I did too, but not from the, the very, not from the very beginning. I, I, it is, it is my, it is my third note. Uh, my first note is let me see face blindness is. is face blindness is real question mark. Oh, actually uh, here it is my third note as well. <laughs> wow. There you go. Uh, I, and then my third note says, is this a real voice? My hunch says no. Yeah. The, it was funny. The, the, the sort of like things that give it away. I mean, it's just like things that you're used to, but it, it usually has mm-hmm. to do with like cadence or the break between words, like an artificial yeah. pause between words really gives it away. You're like, Oh wait, that's not how a person would have or heard that. Sentence. Just like a, a really strange emphasis. I found yeah. particularly at the, at the end of sentences, there would just be kind of like a weird, um, uh, a little stop or the moment in which I was totally certain was when, <laughs> uh the uh the script says something about uh voice being more uh bassy and it is read as bassy and i was like aha oh yeah yeah because <laughs> bassy is not a real yeah. word the to be clear the thing that i is a reveal reveal is uh like truly i think most people will have guessed this is uh a uh-huh. computer's voice by the time it is explicitly named and, and the, yeah. the narrator even says as you might have guessed yeah Um, yeah or i think it even says like as you probably have guessed by now or something like that but the thing that is a true reveal is that this is the creator's voice um yes uh or you know a modulated version of it um yeah yeah so that that is the sort of like whoa reveal the 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 fact that it is recorded is more of a hmm, uh yeah yeah it's definitely like at, at first you kind of get this this suspicion and then it'll be strengthened every time there's like a weird little flub, but then you'll kind of, you'll kind of fall back into it a little bit, uh, when, yeah. uh, in the moments when the, the, uh, the sort of, uh, generated voice is like most convincing, you'll kind of be like, Oh wow. Uh, yeah. but then, but yeah, it, uh, it definitely is, uh, it, it was, it was clear to me. I mean, I also, the game uh, at the start recommends you put on headphones, Uh, and so I did. And so, yeah, it was pretty clear. It was, it was clear to me that, you know, there's some weird artifacts that wouldn't really be present on like a normal recording. Mm, Um, Sure. But I actually did want to, you, you mentioned something about like not really understanding how, uh, the like technology works. Uh, and to be totally clear, I, I don't really, uh, either the, the, the thing I I do want to add is that usually by my understanding, which again is limited, I want to (laughs) be, I want to be very clear. Do not quote me, uh, is that, um, from what I've, uh, known about similar algorithms of like generating voice is that the most important thing are, are something that are called like, I believe phonemes is the term, which is, uh, basically just like a, a sound that your, uh, you know, vocal system in your body can make. So it could be like a vowel sound like, ah, oh, eh, or it could be like, yeah. like, and so basically what, yes. uh, an algorithm like this is doing is you record certain things that you're saying. It uses some combination of audio processing and knowing the, the words and syllables and vowel sounds you're supposed to be speaking to chop up those phonemes and, mm-hmm make them into a library of of sounds that can be applied to any word in your in the language that you're speaking yeah yeah and Uh, it's it tries to know the the rules of of combining phonemes for you know whatever language it's generating yeah Um, yeah that yeah this is this is by my understanding how these uh, things work which and it, it that is definitely a part of uh of 
this project uh, they they don't go uh, get into a ton of depth just because like you know for uh, most people that's going to be more depth than they really want or that's really important for or the the, yeah. the argument or themes trying to be expressed here um but they they do try and get into it a little bit and it is important because i guess we, we haven't really uh talked about like what this game is like about thematically and it's got yeah. kind of a lot going on so i'm curious yeah, if you the, have the thing i would say it's start. most about is like if i had to try to like organize all the different uh threads that it has um it was it's like about um different ways of having some aspect of yourself feel uh maybe, maybe not how about this it, the feeling of encountering your own um identity externally so like like um mm. you know the 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 sort of most obvious one is hearing a computer produce your own voice or or actually more clear because the the part of the story here is about the um the narrator's uh transition so mm -hmm. uh it is a an older version of your voice or like a, a way that you talked um you know in years past and you now maybe you know have slightly different yeah. cadences or talk in a different register but um you know the 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 strange feeling of that outliving you literally or also just kind of like um continuing to exist in that form even as you've changed and evolved as a person sure um, and then it goes in all these different ways of sort of like uh you know ethical and philosophical musings on like historical and contemporary um you know moments of of hu sure. humans encountering their own like ability to communicate as as like a thing in a machine uh sure. external to them yeah and i think also especially toward the end uh sort of commodification uh and exploitation yeah. of of that aspect becomes uh, kind of the the sort of uh, yeah yeah because it, the, then the it's like note. it's like implications of this split right like if your voice is external to you someone can sell it you know they yeah, can absolutely. you can you can sign a waiver when recording yeah. that gives a company you know a categorical permission to reproduce your your voice as they as they please yeah yeah and and uh the the work definitely like gets into that pretty pretty intensely with like a lot of these uh companies that are you know creating uh uh basically just need a lot of training data to mm -hmm. uh generate convincing voices uh are like at will for like basically you can just like uh volunteer and record your voice for yeah, free like and then they're just <laughs> doing whatever the hell they want with it uh and uh, they they sort of get into like why that was appealing for the narrator um, because they are experiencing or were experiencing uh, and probably continue to experience uh, what uh, the content warning describes as uh, voice dysphoria of basically uh, wishing that uh, they had a a deeper voice that uh, presented perhaps more as male uh versus uh their actual voice so trying to they talk about recording yeah. their voice and trying to like uh pitch it down and alter it in other ways to make it sound more like uh what one might expect a, a male voice to sound like uh, yeah and, sort and of, they talk about the other thing that's quite interesting uh as they sort of get into the the like ethical you know the the sort of uh machine bias conversation is the mm -hmm. this um uh, 
attempt to create a gen- gender neutral voice um, yeah. vo- for like uh, voice assist products um, mm-hmm. and how the narrator um, notes that the the um, the tone that this uh, program defines as gender neutral uh, the creator, the narrator, I guess I should say, not the creator. Their voice mm-hmm. is just above the. It's like a couple hertz above or whatever. What, yeah, basically, what the cutoff point was considered this, as gender neutral. This this uh this project, which is called Q, which is sort of an attempt to say, oh, all of our um you know Siri, Alexa, they all you know either choose male or female as the voice, and there's no consideration for voices that are not male or female and so the the their mm-hmm. solution to this problem is to do research on what they define as a male voice and what they define as a female voice and sit right <laughs> and, in the middle and, and find the the mean uh-huh <laughs> the hertz find the, mean, the mean in hertz <laughs> yeah which by hertz we mean like literal audio frequency yeah <laughs> uh, on the on the like audio spectrum and so they they have like a range that they've been like we've done research to define that here's the range of a gender neutral voice yeah and yeah the the narrator and i uh, i did listen to it and to me it just sounded like uh a man that was a little bit femme like i didn't think it was a super i i don't see i don't know that i felt that they succeeded super well but i mean i i i don't think that that the attempt is totally ridiculous no i i I don't think the i don't think uh attempting to uh represent uh you know experiences other than you know binary uh or not experience voices of you know uh people that don't fall into uh male or female yeah totally i don't think it's valuable i just like being like we have uh we have with scientific research uh, discovered that the the key to a gender neutral voice is it it is within this range and it's like well yeah different people yeah and the other (laughs) issue the other issue is assuming that the the you know that such a range is like a quality of the the gender of those people exactly. like intrinsically like that the, the yeah that rather than like you know it first of all it probably varies and then also yeah. like people that identify as uh masculine but have like a feminine voice uh-huh. you know it's that doesn't mark necessarily mark them as yeah like you can hear someone with a uh uh like higher register voice and still code them as masculine so i don't i don't know that it is uh but yeah but that is not to say that the the idea of trying to like um reduce the the gender marker of like alexa Mm -hmm. is bad i think that is an interesting thing to pursue yeah i i agree i just think that the the i mean the website is literally like oh here at the middle is our gender neutral voice if you drag it up that's a male voice and if you yeah. drag it down well, that's the other a, way around it's just like, but oh yeah you're right you're right <laughs> um but it is actually an interesting note you you mentioned that to you it read as a a, a male uh speaking with a like a sort of femme presentation i had the opposite thought that i'm like oh, oh this really just oh maybe like it's more successful th- i was giving it credit for it just it just sounds like a you know women i've met with a deeper uh uh you know a deeper than quote-unquote normal female voice but uh, again i I think that's part of the the reason why it's uh maybe a little bit uh clumsy of a you know of a execution of like yeah pitch really isn't i don't know to me there is not actually a mathematical like a Uh mathematically precise 
relation. Yeah, between- trying to trying to be like ah, yeah. the thing that differentiates uh, you know, the gender of a voice is just a frequency range of the pitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah, that's know, a good point. There are other, yeah. It in addition to the sort of like um fantasy of exactness that it has it's also just like there are other things that humans use to gender each other in their voices than just yeah. pitch yeah 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 absolutely uh, but this this did actually uh kind of ties into something that i did want to talk about that isn't like explicitly explored in this but it's something that i i think about um or i I've, i have thought about quite a bit is uh the way that uh the sort of these companies that are very clearly operating for profit and doing some pretty, pretty nasty practices. Like, yeah, you know, I mean the, dis- when it gets into the discussion of like using prisoners voice prints as like source yeah. data, that's when I was like, Holy shit, that's super yeah. fucked up. Like, yeah, but, but I, th- the thing I was, uh, gonna mention is the, the sort of the, the way that, uh, research is like, used as this way of like, ah, we, this is based on some, some research. And it's like, I'm sure some scientists were very excited to, you know, do explorative research and then to have it, you know, be sold probably by the university uh, without the, uh, you know, express consent of the researchers or, you know, who, who knows exactly the situations there. Actually, since you're in academia, you might have a little bit better of an idea of how that situation works out, but it's like, yeah, I'm I mean, almost it's, certain. So, it's so different in the sciences, the, you know, yeah. sometimes the lab is funded by yeah, it actually it directly. Me, it could be it all sorts think, of things. It had me thinking about something uh, those that kind of interesting that I've been learning about more recently. So I'm a I'm a big nerd. So I, I'm really into uh, synthesizers. So like uh, weird uh, keyboards that use electronics to make sounds. So you know the classic like cheesy keyboard sounds from the '80s. That's a synthesizer. Mm-hmm. And so early early in uh, synthesizer history, you know a lot of the people who are making synthesizers were researchers, you know, just like, Oh, sure. When we run stuff through a circuit, we can, we can change the, the input of a circuit and it makes a sound and the pitch of the sound changes. And a lot of the early developments of the synthesizer and how, uh, it was, uh, synthesizers became used to generate, uh, musical sounds were just like, uh, there's one in particular, a documentary that I watched about, uh, the ARP synthesizer company where, this guy was like a, a just a researcher and he heard about synthesizers and he heard about oh one problem with synthesizers is x and he's like oh this paper i wrote about some circuits i've been doing research on can be used in this application to solve this problem and then uh huh. any anyway i'm kind of getting off track but the 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 gist i was trying to get at is that like a lot of these companies uh, early on failed because these were all just like scientists that thought it was cool that you could like make music oh, with, sure. uh, and they didn't really know how to run a business they were just or like like even really, have a sense of what the like useful product to sell would be it's more just well like yeah a- and as some of them like found that product and sold those product but then as uh you know digital technologies evolved and went away sure. from analog, like the vast majority uh, of uh, synthesizer production in like the early 80s or like throughout the 80s. They just like went out of business or got sold out or bought out. Um, and so I, I, I was kind of like reminded of that of like, I wonder what the the researchers who were, you know, putting the the sort of, uh, you know, the, the work into to make these sort of uh, technologies possible. Like what are their feelings on 
uh, the sort of the path that uh, voice synthesis has gone with, uh, you know, basically a lot of products being sold as like, hey, uh, you don't have to pay someone to do voice acting anymore. You can just have a robot voice that's convincing enough to read off your commercial you know what i mean yeah i mean i can't speak very much to the the voice generation but i do know a little bit more about like parallel things in like text generation so like you know the thing that Uh that um ai dungeon is based on and there are um there is actually a lot of kind of like revolving door between the like elite universities and like companies like you know, Google and Apple that are doing uh, research mm. and text generation. So, I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes they are, you know, on board with the commercialization. Although I think sure. even at, even at those companies, I think that the there is a culture of like being so excited about the technology that that just doesn't even. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not that they they think it's good to you yeah. know spy on people. It's that the they don't think that that is uh, yeah, important to them. It's the Jurassic Park thing, right? It's like yeah, yeah, sure. Scientists so excited about the possibilities of the thing they can do that uh, they sort of miss the forest uh, for the trees. That you know, the company that is paying for their that is funding their research uh, is also going to use the you know the results of that research to potentially yeah. uh, nefarious ends. Totally. Um, um, okay, so uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, this game, uh, the, the, the sort of like ordering of the, the information that it gives you, I just was, mm-hmm. I felt, I felt was really well done. I thought, yeah. I thought that there was a, a, a kind of like narrative, um, development to, to the sort of like way it, it, it begins with this, uh, this sort of like memoir type story. Uh, and then it, it turns into more of a nonfiction essay and then we get more personal details. And I think that they, they developed that really nicely. Um, yeah. and in particular, the thing that, um, it, it, it sort of had this dawning sense of dread for me was the, the more you learn that this is like a story in part, a story about a transition, the sort of mm. like creepier that the robotic feminine voice sounds, um, uh-huh. because it is, I mean, that's the point, right? That it's about like your the sort of like uh the your own voice like you know getting away from you um but it just there's at a certain point like near the end you're just like fuck dude it is messed up that this voice is just being used uh uh, in this way uh after the person who donated it you know has moved on with their life yeah yeah I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it, it that brings me to another uh, thing that is done. I I, I only like uh, concretely uh, was like certain that it happened uh, once or twice, but my hunch is that it happens a few times. But there there were there was at least one once or twice where uh, without it being there were a few times where uh, the the creator explicitly stated like here's me actually reading the thing. You're hearing my yeah. actual voice. Uh, but there were times when things were uh, expressed where I'm like, oh, that's just that's just them talking. This yeah, is not totally. Uh, and it's not without uh, ever saying like, oh, here's my here's now, my now it's me. real voice. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a really uh, effective. It's sneaky, but effective at, at really uh, unsettling you that it's like. 
wait yeah, was that totally. was that them really talking or was that just like uh, a generated sentence that just happened to be particularly convincing for you know any number of reasons yeah totally i i definitely noticed it a few places but the fact that you don't um you know it doesn't uh because it's subtle you it really makes you kind of like kind of on edge like throughout it yeah. you're like wait am i hearing i'm hearing generation right now right or mm-hmm. am i um even yeah. when uh when you know you're pretty sure that this is not recording um so yeah i thought that was super great and i didn't you know i, I wish i had taken better notes on this i actually ran out of space on the page that i was taking mm-hmm. notes on but um the specific places where that happened did feel like they were um you know they, yeah. they were well selected yeah absolutely um I, I also did want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, how the the voice on its own can be like pretty convincing because it's something that's been coming up a lot more in the last few years. You 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 know what deep fakes is, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, so if anyone doesn't know what deep fakes is, uh, basically it was this piece of software that probably what was that two or three years ago that it was like really blew up and there was the whole thing with reddit it was probably was it already that ago, long right? ago i feel like it was like last yeah. year maybe it was two years I'm, ago i think it i think it was at least 2018 uh but basically someone put out this software where they're like hey if you get the right amount of training data you can superimpose anyone's face onto anything else and like their mouth will move mm-hmm. uh and it started this subreddit where uh i mean it what what the subreddit ended up being uh or what it ended up getting used for a lot is like superimposing famous actors, uh, uh, faces onto each other scenes. Yeah. Well, no, uh, what I was going to say is onto pornography, of you know, here now you can see porn of, uh, there was a really famous one that was in, I think it was in a vice article that was written at the time. That was like, uh, one of the big pieces that, uh, it was like Daisy Ridley from star Wars, oh, uh, God. like in a porn. And it was like, it was just like some weird set of circumstances made this particular video, like very convincing. Uh, uh. and anyway, since then, uh, there was like a whole big thing where Reddit like shut down the subreddit because of the like weird ethical considerations. But now there's like, have you seen these fucking Hulu ads that use deep fakes Oh no, I haven't. And they like, dude, it is weird. So I kept getting these ads on like, uh, Instagram or Twitter or something where it's just like, here's a famous football player. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that is real. That is a deep fake. And then eventually out of curiosity, I turned on the sound and like in the commercial, they're like, you're not, what you're saying isn't really me. This is a deep, or it was like, they were acknowledging the fact that this is not actually the famous person. But like, if you're just scrolling past it on a timeline, like I yeah. did the first five times, like I didn't realize that it because like most of them were people I didn't recognize. But then the second it was like a professional uh. athlete that I actually knew who it was. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Uh, and so there's been this kind of weird thing over the last few years of like, uh, a technology is very, very much reaching the point where, uh, you know, truth and untruth uh are you know getting to the point where they can very easily be indistinguishable and not even not only that but that like people that aren't necessarily like you know subject matter experts people that aren't like uh you know researchers at a university can you know harness like deepfakes was just some software that you could get online and if you had enough images of 
a famous person's face from enough different angles. I know there was a particularly popular guy who was uh, making these parody videos of Donald Trump where he was using uh, a combination of deep fakes uh, and uh, and a, a voice synthesis software similar to what sort of explored in Shell Song to like make these videos of uh, you know Donald Trump saying. Uh, yeah yeah really really silly things i'm sure you've seen one of them yeah um yeah so it's de- sorry i i don't know i yeah, don't know what it point is, i'm yeah, driving that well just that, that there's like a exactly. kind of uh the it's no longer possible for you know if you it used to be the case that if uh you read a quote from someone you're like did they really say that then you watch a uh-huh. video you're like oh i guess they did um uh-huh. now it's no it's no longer the case that that sort of like back and forth yeah. actually works although at the same time i do um i do think that the um it is possible for people to overstate the degree to which the sort of like erosion of truth is purely technological like oh you know, sure you sure. know like in the 19th century when newspapers were first becoming like wildly ava- widely available you know, you could say that someone said anything, uh, you know, uh-huh. that, that is p- something that the technology of text already lets you do. And, you know, the world didn't end because libel law. So I think yeah. that it is, uh, you know, it's, it is, it is possible to, you know, I imagine, you know, maybe this is something different, but it seems like mm-hmm. the, the risk to our set, our shared sense of the real could be lessened if <laughs> there were like rules you know, more rules about what you can claim someone did or said. Yeah. I think, I think something that's like maybe only, uh, like lightly supposed by this is that, uh, previously the, the, the way that you could refute, like the, the, the number of things you can use to utterly refute that something is true or that someone said something Mm -hmm. are diminishing when you can make such a convincing, uh, you know, you can make such a convincing fake that it's like, you know, if you can't just dis- uh, distinguish the fake from the real thing, uh, you know, at any level. Yeah, then I think I think I think that's where the fear is. I think we've gotten so close because I think uh, like you and I said, uh, you know, we could both sort of detect like, oh, this isn't a, a real voice. It is eerily uh, good at times, but at other times it sort of like shows itself. Uh, and I think you would certainly say the same thing for a lot of the deep fakes videos is like they're convincing at moments but at other moments they're very not convincing but i I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's totally just like the voice right where it's like you know one little there's suddenly a transition that's wrong and you're like oh yeah this is i think i think the thing that is maybe what gives people so much like dread and fear uh about the technology is the sort of uh combination of the different elements because it's like when you've got the the video and the voice together yeah sometimes it's like even though each one is maybe not as convincing on their own together it can kind of become more i don't know it's 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 odd it can be both less convincing at times uh and more convincing at other times because um i don't know it's it's definitely a weird time to be alive (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm definitely not claiming that it's not like a radical shift in the way we encounter media. I totally mm. I think is uh, is a huge deal. Um, the another thing that it that the game gets a little into on this like topic of uh, deep fakes is um, 
the the kind of like uh like issue of ownership um so you know it, yeah. it talks a lot about like um uh uh like basically signing over the rights to reproduce your voice. But another thing that mm-hmm. it really makes me think about is the, the sort of issue of like who gets to, so like in the case of deep fakes, you know, like, uh, does that mean that, you know, anybody with a computer can, uh, you know, produce a movie starring Brad Pitt and, uh, mm-hmm. and that's just a thing they can do. So it mm-hmm. is, it's like a sort of weird economic thing as well, where now, you know, they have, some states have laws that basically give you a, a copyright on your voice or your appearance so that you can't do that. Like, yeah, uh, there, there are things like like likeness rights where, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, right of publicity is what it's sometimes called. Sure. Sure. Uh, but it's like, you know, the, th- I think the thing that is maybe, uh, most insidious about a lot of tech stuff is it's just like, by using this software, you implicitly agree, agree to yeah, give totally. us the rights to use this for whatever the fuck we want to use it for. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely uh, like I was just thinking about uh, or I actually read something today that uh, sort of uh, tied into this, which was uh, this thread. I, I, I actually retweeted on Twitter about uh, this guy who did a lot of novelizations of, of uh, films uh in like the 80s and uh, i think the 80s and 90s where you know a movie comes out but they they put out a little yeah, paperback totally. edition as a book uh and basically what happened is that uh disney when disney bought fox he had done a lot of movies uh for fox and when disney uh bought fox they they claim that they bought the right to distribute the books but not the liability to give him royalty checks so basically there's this legal battle going on right now where Disney is trying to argue like Disney's lawyers are trying to argue that like, Oh, in the, in the purchase of Fox, we got the right to continue printing and distributing these books and making money from them, but we don't have the liability to have to pay that guy royalties, the guy who wrote the books. What? That's so weird. (laughs) And it, it was, I was like thinking about it with respect to like this, uh, you know, um this uh this game that we we played and uh i mean also thinking about because uh, i don't know if you've been uh aware of taylor swift having her uh masters bought out from under her by a private equity firm yeah so basically she has no control of her own music but it was like you know if uh if a record company has you know a bunch of vocal stems of an artist singing depend and then like potentially you you could have a, you could have something even weirder than the posthumous album of oh here's a bunch of songs that prince recorded before he died that he never put out we had them in this vault now we're going to put yeah. them out uh and instead you, you have hey uh we had we used a bunch of uh of uh uh you know audio recordings of them singing and we can just make them sing whatever the hell we want yeah, and we totally. can put it out is, a and song. it is like uh the the sort of weird thing that has started to happen is that they've tried to, you know, regulate that by giving people, you know, specifically celebrities, like a property right in their own, you know, like mm. the, 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 the solution was like, okay, we'll make it a property right. And then you can do just like with anything else, that's your property. You can do with it, whatever you please. But now what's uh-huh. happened is like, because property is inheritable <laughs> uh-huh. right now, now like the Jackson, like Michael Jackson's 
uh, heirs estate estate yeah. uh, can like create defake concerts of him. Uh, uh-huh. And it's like a, a whole like weird additional legal battle that was kind of like not intended. Uh, yeah. Super weird. Yeah. What a, what a nightmare like re uh, playing through this uh, through shell song. I was like, what a, what a like cyberpunk did like, we got all the fucked up shit of cyberpunk without like the cool, the cool stuff. You yeah. Know what nobody's I mean? got like, you know, you know, there's no robot Harrison Ford, <laughs> you know, yeah. doing, doing cool shit. No, we can't enhance an image. I mean, you, you actually can do some image enhancement, but it doesn't work. It's not as cool. Uh, but we get all the weird, horrible, uh, you know, tack on effects, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, unfortunately, most of the cool things in actual cyberpunk stories are, yeah, also, are also the dystopian terrible. things. Like, they're cool yeah, because sure. you're reading about them, not because you're living through them. You're like, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, I'm definitely. This guy's got chainsaws for legs. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Imagine if I had chainsaws for legs. <laughs> Actually, I guess chainsaws aren't very, they're too uh, industrial. And it's to be more techie. Um, yeah, that's true. Got iPhones Although, for legs. I don't know. <laughs> iPhones for legs, the, the, the dream. Honestly, um, I want my I want my legs to stop working every two years and have to get new ones. Yeah, the battery died on your legs, and uh-huh. you, oh, and the headphones aren't included. Yeah, that's oh. right. Um, okay, I did have one, um, at least one other thing I wanted to say about this game, which is um, the so we've talked a lot about the sort of like um, you know the nonfiction part of the or I guess almost all nonfiction, but the, the sort of yeah. essayistic part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And I did want to say that the, a lot of the sort of like um, kind of more poetic musing moments were, I sure. did find quite touching uh, mm. in particular, the, the discussion of um, it really struck out to me, the discussion of how it was talking about how people will personify voices they hear on the radio and like, imagine that, that this oh, is a, sure. You know, you'll assign a face to it and it'll be someone who is your friend. Uh, and yeah, this is how the this is how it ends, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Well, I thought that was early. Well, it, it kind of revisits it. Um, OK, it ta- I think it talks about it throughout. But um, I I found that totally um, it, it was it, I found it very poignant. And then also it just was another moment that of surrealness because I, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally doing that right now. Like this voice feels, you know. You know, I'm just imagining a face talking the voice. But then I was also like, oh, wait, but it's it is a real person, but also not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh-huh. that, that was just a really uh, artful sort of like um, uh, sort of mental loop. It, it it puts you through. Sure. I, I for me, that that one actually like I'm not a person. There, there's another part where they're talking about like, oh, uh, are you, when you hear a voice, are you seeing your friend's face? Or, uh, there was another part where it's talking about, uh, as you're reading this, are you hearing your, it was like, sort of like you're hearing your own voice, but I'm actually not a person that hears like when I read something in my head, it's not like I hear my, a, a voice in my head. It's just like, I'm reading it. Sure. Um, I usually and don't I, hear a voice. It depends. And I, I, so I actually like, don't really have like a a, a, a a visible image of anyone talking when I was listening to this. But uh, I do think that that stuff is expressed really well. The sort of more, like you said, the sort of like more poetic musings, but the, the, the aspect I uh, sort of uh, attach to more 
uh, of that was the part where they were talking about the the uh, your voice being a result of uh, like physical mechanisms and sort yeah. of talking about that uh, the visible speech uh like uh, oh yeah the Alex- alexander, alexander graham, Bell's graham dad father had invented yeah. which also was just a f- really fun bit of history i was like i did not know yeah. that alexander graham bell tried to invent a science system that would be re- universally readable <laughs> yeah yeah basically and i i really liked the the uh the expression uh talking about uh this sort of like weird uh uh idealized thing of like uh, being able to represent any language, uh, but actually, like in 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 the uh, in the effort to uh, make a writing system that could represent any language, you are stripping all meaning out of everything because everything's just sounds. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That the suddenly it would be possible to read something without getting any interpretation from it. Like you could you could yeah. be like, oh, I can voice what I'm looking at, but I have no yeah. no meaning from it at all. Yeah, and and also just talking about how uh, the 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 physical uh, the 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 physical parts of your body that generate your unique voice, uh, and at first I thought that was just sort of a one-off thought, but it gets tied back in later, as in like uh, you know bringing up how like yes, there are a specific set of like uh, physical factors in you know my vocal cords, my throat, my lungs, my mouth, my you know all these different factors Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, go toward what your voice sounds like. Uh, but you know, once produced enough, it can be reproduced in, in a certain way, uh, that is convincing enough to sound like you and read like you without any of that, uh, physical, uh, you know, I don't know how you would call it the, the, without any of the physical mechanics actually causing the sounds to be made. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was just really interesting and, and very well expressed. And, and like you said, it, it all, it, it tied together really well and had a, had a, the, the, the arc of it, uh, as yeah. sort of a narrative, uh, and an essay was, uh, extremely yeah, I, successful. I, in fact, I almost want to take back the word musings cause that implies that it has a kind of like unstructured <laughs> rambling to yeah, it, but it, it makes is, it sound a little navel gazy, but is, I don't think I felt it like there was very, it felt very, um, intentional and well, like, um, the, the transitions felt uh, like justified in a way that was really just, uh, a joy to read, um, or listen to, I guess both, <laughs> both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, this is an, even, even now that you've, uh, listened to us talk about it, I think we actually didn't even talk about, uh, a lot of the stuff that, uh, was really interesting. There were, I had, yeah, I, I mean, really, it's like, only like 45 minutes long, but it, it really uh-huh. manages to cover quite a lot. Yeah. And I, I probably, I opened up a bunch of Google tabs and, uh, and then Same. after at the end, they, uh, they give a link with the uh, bibliography. So I looked at quite a few of those. And so I, I read a lot about, uh, different things that were presented, uh, in, in this sort of, uh, quote unquote game. So definitely worth exploring. Uh, if you've thought this conversation was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I would highly recommend it. I thought it was super, uh, smart and well done. Um, yeah. Uh, I did want to say one final thing that was just a thought I had while playing this game, which is so the text to speech program can't get Basie right, but it can get (laughs) Chewbacca and Leia right. 
I found they said they definitely said Chewbacca. Oh, it did. I heard. Okay, I sort of like, but maybe some, I was like, maybe I was sort of spaced out at that moment. But I could have sworn they said it right. But there, were, there were definitely some things that I was like, I'm surprised that it was able to, yeah, uh, produce those sounds because it, uh, it's sort yeah, it, it is really, yeah. It, it makes me want to know more about how it works because the you know, and also I'm sort of curious how similar methods function on different languages because English is notoriously uh, inconsistent in its, um, you know, because English is sort of like the, the, the language that absorbs, uh, has absorbed many other languages over its history. So it has uh, rules that don't always, you know, are not consistent. Like it is a rule here, but not in another case. And it seems like that would be hard to replicate uh, programmatically, but sometimes it yeah. do, does it surprisingly well. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure to a certain extent, uh, like training data is how you can solve for that sort of using AI, uh, you know, recording those sites. Right. Totally. But the, the, I, so yeah, on the one hand, it's like, if you have enough training data, then it just, you know, you have a correct, you just have, once you have one case of someone saying it the correct way, not a problem, mm. but because we do know that it's for many of these words, it's doing it with phonemes. It's interesting yeah. that it can get, you know, wor words that it doesn't seem like it should get right. Uh, it can sure. get right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, shall we tell the people what we're going to play for next week? Uh, indeed we shall. So next week we're going to be playing, um, a game from the keep the lights on bundle uh, by glitch city, Los Angeles. So glitch city is a, um, a sort of like game development collective, uh, in, in LA that, um, you, you probably have heard of some of their, uh, some of the people on the team. Um, but it's like a big, it's a big collective. Uh, we'll probably talk about that next in, uh, in the actual episode, but they are doing this bundle, uh, in order to help fund the office space of the of the collective, which they have been unable to visit because of the COVID lockdown. So this game that we'll be playing from the bundle is called Biodome 2, which is, uh, I'll just read one sentence from the description. Uh, you need to eat to survive. You need to poop when you eat. You need to kill the gremlin that escapes from your poop, the circle <laughs> of life. So yeah, I don't really know much about this game other than that. Other than it seems I to be some sort of ecology simulation, but based uh, based on that description, I think it's going to have a uh, 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 going to be in conversation with a shell song. It's going to have a lot in common. I think. Yeah, you think this is going to be a really natural transition? <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I totally see that. Maybe the well, one of the things shell song talked about is how a big uh, industry for. Um, <laughs> for voice generation is video games, right? <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, you don't have to get voice actors for every uh, unimportant NPC. So, uh -huh. uh, you know, maybe this game will be about it too. Seems maybe. unlikely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll be playing um, Biodome 2 uh, next week. If you're interested in uh, hearing that episode, you should follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, we'll tweet out a link to the episode once it uh, once it's released, and then we also tweet out um, links to the to the game uh, on Itch or Steam or wherever wherever it is if you want to play it yourself. So, uh, if those are the kind of updates you'd like to get, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, uh, Biodome two uh, next week, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs>